Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. Thank you for clicking on the Logical Love podcast. It's a pleasure to be in your ear again. And I'm excited today. I'm excited because I've been alone thus far on this journey. But now I've found someone to to, to join me in your ear. And she likes it when I say that. And if you're curious about who I'm talking about, I'm talking about my beautiful girlfriend, Juana. Now today, on this episode, we're going to be talking about five logical things that we are doing for a great relationship. So we're going to be a little a little vulnerable, a little awkward at times. But that's kind of the fun thing of life. How are we doing today, baby? Hello, we're doing pretty good. <laughs> Do you like it when I made you record like a hundred intros so I could sound cool? Not particularly, no. <laughs> you're you're more data driven, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> you like short answers. <laughs> Succinct, you know, two languages just get yes. efficient. Let's be objective here. <laughs> mm. Oh man, speaking of objective. You're, you're a scientist, right? You do some pipetting in your life. You do some experimentation. You like logic. Yes, yes, I, I do like logic. And uh, and so we're going to talk about, but you also like to, to hold hands sometimes around the... Yeah, logic alone doesn't, doesn't cover all aspects of life. Mm, that's true. You can't make everything too logical. No, it would just be robotic, automatic... I mean, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Well, you also wear tutus, so it'd be kind of hard to put you in a box. Yeah, that's my attempt of like trying to be more creative and get out of my logic brain, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, have a, have a balance to both sides. Yeah, bring in the creativity. Yeah. And again, speaking of balance and creativity, it's fun to create something with you. Mm. And again, what we've been creating is a pretty, I would say I'm having fun in this relationship. It feels really great. How does it feel? It feels really great. Okay. Yeah, it feels amazing and magical and unique. And, uh, and I'm putting you, I'm, I'm, I have a gun to your head right now. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> and special. Oh. So again, that's why, that's why we're doing this today. And so we've, we've discussed, haven't we, baby? We kind of just had, had a little brunch. You know, and uh, we discussed kind of five logical things that we think's kind of helped us do that. Mm -hmm. But again, like you said, this is important. We realize that not everything's logical. Right. You know, you can only like, you know, I don't know if you started doing a, you started smoking meth. I don't think there's nothing I could do. You know what I'm saying? Right. I might, I'm just not attracted to meth heads. Exactly. You know, I can get over that you're Spanish, but... (laughs) Okay, I'm not Spanish. Anyways, yes, it would be illogical for you if you're not attracted to meth heads. It would be illogical for you to try to have a relationship with someone that does meth. Yeah. Or someone that starts doing meth. Yeah, and it's weird. It's weird the things that we're attracted to, you know? And sometimes we have it. Maybe meth heads we can change. Maybe we can't. But what we can change is this discussion. We're going to segue into our number one thing and in a relationship you got to have a way to to talk about things so what's our what's our number one 
Yeah, so number one, I would put that we look at our relationship not as, I guess, two individual people coming together, but more like an entity of itself. So we call it the rocket ship, because that's sort of the way we came about calling it this entity. But the relationship is like an entity on itself. So when we do things, when we make decisions, when we communicate the way we communicate when we go about our lives day in and day out we are considering the good of this entity this rocket ship and doing things in a way that grows and protects the rocket ship so it's no longer me versus you or me my own interests and you and your interests is the collective rocket ship interest I play. Yeah, we think about it's not just so selfish. Yeah, it's not selfish and and I think it it avoids that that putting sort of one against the other or like me and my needs versus you and your needs. There's no longer that. There's me and my needs and how do they fit in the rocket ship and how and the same thing with my skills, right? Me and my skills and how do they fit in the rocket ship? Yeah, like you know, I'm the I'm the babbler, and and you're you know, again, you have patents, and and what do you have a patent in? Can we talk about that? Is that no, not today. Maybe maybe some other episode we can talk about. She my has patent. a patent about semen. Okay, so but yes, but that's exactly right there. I'm the more than maybe the jackass funny. If it's time to go giggle and do some stupid stuff, I would do that. But if it's time to like, let's make a smart data decision. Right? You know, look at the numbers. There's value in that. Just like if it's time to carry something heavy, you know, who carries the heavy stuff around here? You do. Tell the people. The cat sometimes does as well. The cat doesn't do nothing. (laughs) Okay. It's me. Okay. I'm grinding. Okay. I'm listening to David Goggins. Goggins. (laughs) Calm down. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, but that's because, and I think that's one of the reasons why we call it the rocket ship, because if we look at it as a rocket ship, as a team right just like in a rocket ship different people have different skills and therefore they bring those skills to the the healthiness the collectiveness of that rocket ship that is navigating life basically then Mm. you know we share tasks but we share tasks based on each person's skill instead of yeah, just trying to be an equal split, I guess. <laughs> yeah, not everything's 50-50, and it's based on the skills we have. And that's important. Like you said, I think, to your first point, though, is I've been in relationships where that's that sounds all nice and dandy, but you better, you better find a giver to give to kind of stuff. Mm. Because you're right, whereas, and this will get to this later, right, to have that where you're thinking about, oh, I'm carrying the collective, I'm doing this for the team. If I'm doing everything for the team and the other person is just kind of doing stuff for them, then I can end up in a, you know, I made a a baby with a woman, not you, another woman. You never met her. But I did that. I know. (laughs) Yeah, I know you do. I didn't hide it. Yeah, and and even if it's not that whole thing, that's a very important thing, though. Uh, The whole, like, some people being more givers and then if you're not with a giver, then that that can be an issue and I think it's important to look out for that the person that you're with but at the same time if 
both of you have the mindset of splitting things 50-50, I think then the thoughts become more of counting things. Oh, I did this and this and the other thing. Mm. So now it's your turn, right? Now it's your turn to do the dishes. And now it's my turn to do the dishes. And you did them yesterday. So it becomes very, like, petty, very, uh, I don't know, like, miser type It's too logical. It's too logical. Yeah, it's too logical. It has to be more of a... Yeah, maybe splitting tasks would work in the sense of, like, by skill set. But... There has to be some flexibility there, I think. Yeah, there has to be flexibility because it's not always going to be 50-50 in real life. And when you talk about splitting things up, that kind of brings us a little bit to our next point. But before we do that, you hit something very important that I guess I'd like to ask you. Well, can I ask you a, a question while we're recording? A second question? <laughs> Don't troll my consent. <laughs> yes, you can. Okay. What are some things that sounds nice? And we have that, and it's a cool thing to have, right? Where we have that. I feel like we're, we're, we work for stuff. I'm not miserly. You know, I don't feel like I have to watch my back or, you know, all this stuff, right? That's nice. Mm-hmm. What is it about me that, tell, that, told, that told you you could do that? What we're doing. Mm. So this is where it gets tricky, right? Because I think it's more over time realizing that you weren't doing things to get things in return. You weren't doing things sort of like, yeah, with that mindset of like getting things in return or for me to do things for you. So there didn't, but, but, but this is like, it's hard to measure this, right? It's more of like trying to understand your motivation for doing things, even if they're small things, and just asking questions about it, I guess. Try to understand your motivation behind doing certain things. Understanding the intentions. Yeah. Not just the actions. Yeah. Because we can fake actions. Right. Or the same action can can have two different intentions. Mm. So that's when it gets tricky. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to drink this beer because I don't want you to get too drunk. When I really just, if you're a young lady and I'm trying to save you from doing something stupid, that's different than if it's like, oh, I'm just an alcoholic and I want to steal your beer. Yeah, correct. But the action can look the same measurably, logically, however empirically we can look at it, it looks exactly the same. Exactly. But it's totally different humans you're fucking with. Yeah. And if you don't know that person, then it can go either way. But as you get to know the person, then I guess you start realizing that. Especially if you can see that person and how they act around other people, not just around you. Because then you can see them like in their natural. It's just different. It's, it's harder. I think that the more people you are around, the harder it is to fake whatever it is. If someone's trying to fake something. You think the more people, the harder it is to fake. Because mm-hmm. there's more going on. They're tested by different styles of person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I like that. So that's, I think... But no, I think I, I want to, before we go on far, any further, this is just my own thing. I think it's important for anyone. For me, I'm trying this, right? Like, 
I haven't lived with a bunch of humans. And there is something. So what I'm saying about we have these five things that as we talk that we do for a logically do for our great relationship to flourish, to grow. Mm -hmm. And that's nice. But I just want to preface it with like, you got to know what the hell you're signing up for first because you're pretty and feminine and that's nice, you know, and I just, I drink and eat too much and talk too much as I have been. But is this making sense? Like, I, I think it's important to know these are nice things to do, but you have to find someone worthy that you can do them with and otherwise it's not going to work. You can't just pick someone and say, I'm going to do these things and then it's going to be a great relationship. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not a magic potion <laughs> that I'm going to give you these five rules. And then if you live by them, it will be, I mean, there's not that many things, if any, I can't think of anything, even exercise regimens or diets. And like, I'm going to give you these five rules. And sometimes yeah. it just doesn't work. Well, I think, and that's what I, I guess what I'm saying is you're right. Sometimes it doesn't work, but I think what's also important here is that there's a lot of things as we talk logically that I'm attracted to you for and I don't even understand. Mm -hmm. And we have to kind of have that like compatibility first. Right. You know, like if you like to have face tattoos, listen, if there's women out there with face tattoos, got no problem. See you in the street. That's great. We can have a drink together. I don't want to marry you. I don't want to have you in my damn, in my house recording a podcast. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think that that's important first. So you got to have that. I don't want to, you know, pretend things. But speaking of, so that's number one, again, is the, is the idea of having the name, a rocket ship, having a term to define it so we can discuss this relationship entity that's bigger than us. Correct. Is that a, fa a fair assessment? Yeah. yeah. And again, to have this entity that's bigger than us, this thing we manage through this crazy thing of life, like you said, mm -hmm. life is always, to do that, we have to have rituals and routines. Yeah. Yeah. I think that rituals and routines are important stepstones for this rocket ship especially i mean routines i think it's it's easier if you make a routine out of something it's just something that it becomes automatic in your day-to-day -day. just something that you do you don't think about it and then you can ahead of time pick what is a routine that is helpful that can help grow the rocket ship Versus something that would be detrimental. And of course you can change if you realize that it's not working. But making it a habit, a routine, helps with leaving your thought, mind, logical for other things. Mm. Day to day. You don't have to use your mental willpower to get up and work out. Because that's just what you do. You wake up and you work out. Yeah. And... And I think that's important, right, too, because not, I guess we're, we're applying that's in almost to anything in life. If we want to get better at it, we have to be mindful and then make a habit. Right. And, and if you want to apply that to you want to get better at, you know, making podcasts, you got to get mindful of what you're doing and the habits you're doing. If you want to make a, if you want to get abs, if you want to get anything in life, but we're applying this to relationships of having the rituals and the routines. So what do you think, I guess we'll talk about this. What are the, what are your, some of your favorite rituals and routines? Like, you know, we wake up and we go to the beach and meditate. We might, I mean, what's some routines you find that help us grow the rocket ship? Some things we kind of almost do out of habit now. Yeah, I think the walk that we, that we do in the morning when we wake up and we just walk 
together. And it just so happened that it's to the beach, but it doesn't really matter where it's at. It's just that we do that morning walk. And it started because that's a good habit to develop because of sleep. Uh, so you like get exposed to the morning light, pre-sun even, or like early sunrise. And that helps you regulate your sleep schedule. But it just... It just became a ritual too, right? A moment that, a time that we have to just be with each other and talk to one another as we walk and as we see different things going around the neighborhood, different people, different dogs, different <laughs> anything, and the weather even, that's been changing quite a bit in this past few weeks. So, Yeah, it's cool to be able to see connect to nature and there's a lot of what you're saying there i guess really the meta of this is that you have we have looked into the research and the data of things that's very healthy for an individual to do right mm -hmm. fair yeah and that's uberman or like whatever getting sunlight early so you know it starts certain hormones you can sleep better all this stuff but then we've also taken that and tied that into things we do as a ritual as a couple so that's also what makes this really great is like it's not like you have a killer cocaine habit and I have a habit of like getting cocaine every day, you know, because that could, people got that ritual. Hey, live your life. You know, it's right. you. It's not me. Right. We have a ritual of things like that going on that walk where not only are we um, getting the sunlight and the healthy benefits of our individual, but we're also nourishing the rocket ship. We're checking in with each other. We're holding hands on the walk there. We're meditating, we're making that a habit that, that nourishes a lot of aspects of our life. Right. And it became, it became our, our ritual, right? It became our ritual. Mm. It could be a yeah. task that, you know, it would be beneficial for, it could be something else that it could be beneficial for me and not so much for you, for example, or like that wouldn't do much, uh, I don't know. And then, and then maybe that wouldn't be a couple ritual. That would just be routines that we individually have yeah. to grow ourselves. Because if I benefit more from a cardio exercise, so maybe going for a run, it's, you know, better for me in the sense that I can get more cardio in less time. But you do that with weights, then maybe you work out at home and that's your routine. But we're both doing routines separately. They're not the same routine. We're not doing them together. But we're still growing and we're still feeding in to our strength which ultimately helps the rocket ship but then but then that is separate from the walk which now be became sort of a ritual and we do it even in the middle of the day sometimes or at the end of the day not because of the sunlight we just go for a walk <laughs> and it's nice yeah yeah taking time to connect is a habit yeah yeah and and that's more maybe a deeply ritualistic thing when we're kind of holding hands, going to the beach, meditating, as opposed to a routine how every day I'm like sweating in a sauna and lifting kettlebells or something. Right. Yeah. Because one's more, yeah, making it kind of sacred. And uh, yeah, and I think, and then before we pass up on this, that's a pretty one. I just want to mention, can I mention a couple other mm -hmm. basic ones I think we do? Yeah. First off, we talk, we just ask questions. So, you know, it'll be like, do you feel heard? Right. Like I'll, I made it a habit to, I asked 
I asked, that's probably the question I've asked you more than anything. Well, there's a question. Can I ask you a question that you've asked more than <laughs> Anyways. So yeah, again, we, we the, the routines, the rituals, that's a part of it of again. But again, asking, it's little ones too. Asking, do you feel heard? It's making a habit of like taking out the, the trash for mm-hmm. someone or it's making a routine to, if you're a man, I know this is great, just pick up like one or two things and clean them. You know, like just trying to like, and I'm not perfect at it, but like these things feed into it to help us take care of the whole rocket ship, right? right? So that way we're able, because the big thing is, again, you want to have that, number one is that big rocket ship, that sexy relationship, you got the trust and the lust, you guys can giggle and make a podcast, hold hands, meditate, talk death, all that. You want that, but to do that is a big thing, and it's like a big maybe a ship, you know, a daggone, a naval vessel. Imagine a naval vessel, there's a lot going on there. You got ropes, you got sails, you got you got the daggone, you got the people with the guns. It's a lot going on. And that takes routines and rituals for that big thing to function. Yeah, to function as a well-oiled <clears throat> rocket ship. Are we a, <laughs> it would tell me this, are we a well-oiled rocket ship? Baby? Yeah, I would, I, would, I would say so, yes. Is your, is your rocket ship well-oiled? Our rocket ship. <laughs> stop being weird. <laughs> okay, stop being weird. So that's number one. Speaking of weird, we're gonna go to our third point. That wasn't the best segue. But what's our what's our third thing? So the third point is that we have a healthy, secure attachment to each other. So the way we look at it is more like I like to say it, you're an extension of me. And I'm an extension of you. So it's not about me owning you or bossing you around or vice versa. It's more like you are part of me. You are part of my body and therefore I want the best for you. As just like I want the best for, you know, my arm, my leg, so I can walk on it, etc. Yeah, having that kind of care for the other. And I mean, call me crazy here. I'm not going to try to talk talking too crass. But I think that's a... A nice thing to have with someone if you're having sex with just biologically if you're you're connected right we're kind of uh or not just that we're responsible for each other like if i was going if i went out and said i'm gonna go have sex with a bunch of meth prostitutes because i wanted to if i said that then that could put you in harm's way not mm-hmm. just your body also you know your body financially all of it and so I think, again, I like what you're saying there with uh, it's able to have a, a secure attachment, you know, to know we have trust in the other's judgment. We're not attaching ourselves to a crazy person. Right. And that that comes that security feeling, I guess it comes from it comes from just I think it goes back to what I said before, realizing that the other person is doing things for the rocket ship, for the collective good of what we of that entity, that relationship, and not selfishly just for themselves. And that kind of gives me the trust of, you know, feeling secure because I see that your actions, your behaviors are in alignment with the best or the most adaptive things to do for this rocket ship. You trust the day-to-day actions of the other, that they're not just acting for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that shows you there's a collective there. And that's what helps you get securely attached because if you know, 
it's almost like you get a feeling even during the hard times at least we're here together like we're, it's we'll figure it out here we go right yeah and it's not the other person sort of like doing things that if you're with someone then you see them doing things that are good for them without ever taking you into account then i think that gets a little bit into the avoidance anxious type of dynamic in a relationship whereas if you see the other person they're doing things you know that they are good for them but but not in a selfish way good for the collective then you feel secure you also feel like you're part of their plans you know whatever they're planning on doing whatever actions they do are taking you into consideration and that makes you feel secure sounds like what you're really speaking to is like it's a lot of people when they get in relationships they just have shared interest whereas you and i have shared values Mm -hmm. so our plans for the future the way we treat people each other included that's aligned yeah but then you can also see it in small actions or if you want to call them small actions but things like you know when you go to the store and you get things that you know I like. So, yeah, it's more of an altruistic type of thing. Well, maybe it's not even altruistic. I don't want to, because that's a, that's a big philosophical debate. <laughs> and we're too nerdy to get there right now. But the, you're right, the idea that maybe it's not altruistic. But at the end of the day, if I'm at Trader Joe's and I know you like the not spicy thing and I like the spicy one, I'll make sure and like, I'll get the not spicy one too. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and that's something where it's it's um I think to your point that helps us facilitate us unconsciously that secure attachment cuz you know like it gives you that trust. And I like and then you said this already, but then I think when we speak about this for me anyway, I think this is important cuz I've had a relationship before, again I had a kid, like you you can't change a person. Mhm. You cannot change a person. So when you, when I make this decision again with you, it's like you're mine, but you're you know you're like you know you're my you're my you're my eyebrows, mm-hmm. you know you're my you're my heart. Mm-hmm. I was gonna go there first, but that was too cheesy. It's time to be less <laughs> cheesy. Here we are. But that, the idea that when you're mine, it's not this possessive thing. It's rather it's not this thing I can just take from. As a oh, like oh you know I just get to take from you. Mm-hmm. It's like I couldn't. My brain can't think about, again, taking from you because you're me. Mm-hmm. So it's like my, my eyebrow can't rob my heart because mm-hmm. like, they're connected, you know? If, if right. I can't fight myself and I think that it's, it gives a interesting dynamic that I haven't felt before. Right. And it's, it's like, yeah, you're, you're... I think the reason why I like to say extension of me is because... It's more in the sense that when you say I'm your heart, that doesn't mean that, like, I have my own function, right? I have my own, like, the heart, mm. just like the heart has its own function. It does its thing, which is different than a muscle in a leg or whatever. So that you're an extension of me, like, you, you, you have your things, you do your things, you are your own person, but I care for you like you're an extension of me. Like you're a different embodiment of the same person that I am. 
yeah so yeah it's back to it's it's a, there's a collective there's a connection yeah no it's a very good point now and i think another thing is and we'll hit this up before we move on to our fourth point but the key with the healthy and secure attachment like that sounds fine and dandy but i think again you got to be logical a little bit to make these things happen mm-hmm. we're not going to be foo-foo here you know we don't burn incense right to make this thing work right. it's important and one of the important things to get that is you have to be acceptance but not complacent right you know you can accept things but not be complacent so again you know truth be told sometimes i might drink a little too much scotch mm. at times mm. in my life and i might because i might eat a bunch of daggone ice cream and wake up with a tummy aching the next morning <laughs> order that uber eats extra spicy indian food mm-hmm not be able to function no so it's okay if i make mistakes you can accept me but it's also not like it's not complacent where it feels like it doesn't feel like i'm doing a good job either you know it's not just brushed under the rug it's not like it's like we can make mistakes that's fine we accept people as they are but it's like it's not you know it's not just an excuse to just do whatever you want right i don't see you just being like oh you know, I, I, I order this Indian food and next time I'm just going to do the same thing and be stubborn about it and, and and not, like, I guess, admit the mistake that you made. Yeah, because yeah. I cannot be securely attached to someone. Like, if you make mistakes or you apologize or we're like, I can, I can securely attach to that. Right. But if you're not going to just own your stuff and you're getting too drunk and you're just like, oh, it's no big deal. Or I'm eating, you know, your, your butt is burning. I'm like, dude, you're, you're going to get a gastrointestinal, you know, I, yeah. you, you can't attach that because then, and I know this from my son's mother, again, getting addicted to heroin and stuff. If you attach yourself to that and they're going to go and they want to go to hell, that means you're going to go. It's taking you to hell, mm-hmm. but it's because I'm attaching to it. So I think it's important here. When we talk about this healthy, secure attachment is to have that acceptance, just not that complacence. And I think we have that, which is why this works so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that brings us to our fourth point here as we explore this is uh, we practice curiosity and mindfulness. We practice curiosity and mindfulness in a relationship. What does that mean, baby? So we ask questions. We don't. We don't. I think this comes hand in hand with not taking things for granted. So I don't feel like I know you. There are maybe certain aspects of you that I um, suspect you're going to behave a certain way in certain <laughs> circumstances. Such a scientist. But, but I make an effort to just not to, to leave that open to curiosity. Right? Why did you do that this time? Why did you say things this way? Just approaching the other person with a beginner's mind and sort of staying curious because that gives them, because they will change, right? And that, that will give you a front view how they're changing instead of you sticking to your prefixed ideas of who that person is and how they behave in this and that situation but you 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 are you are seeing how they change and yeah I I think that that stops that narrow view of putting someone in a box and then that's that's who they are yeah the curiosity gives room for us to grow yeah 
And I think on top of that, not only is it, that was very good because not only does it give us room to grow, it also keeps us curious to see like, because hey, some people change. You know, sometimes you can meet a person and they're the person for six months, you know, or a year, but then two years in, they start, you know, wanting to, they want to sniff stevia. They want to sniff artificial sweeteners, you know, and they might want to do more stuff. And if that happens, what I'm saying, what you, it's an important point with that curiosity. We don't just think, oh, he's a good man or, oh, she's a good woman because that's what she was five years ago. Right. We're, we're open to how are they acting now? And I think that goes back to the. Right. Or like he's a bad man because he's sniffing stevia. And you don't even ask him, but then actually he heard it on a podcast that that gives you longevity, which Snorting is something stevia. I think you would do. <laughs> there was, baby, okay, I have one on no Huberman. Thing, by the way. There might be. Hey, listen, I maybe. don't know. Watch. Listen, if you're out there and you want to listen to the Huberman Lab podcast, all right, there's some episodes. There might be something. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. And I don't know, but I don't think I've ever heard anything about snorting Stevie. Probably should not, but I like what you're saying there, and you called me out, and that's beautiful. Instead of just seeing something the partner does and then start telling the story mm-hmm. of like, oh, here's why they're sniffing Stevia, right? Instead of doing that, we have curiosity, and we ask them, you know, what's going on? And, and I think that brings us really to our, our last point here, the ugly truths, right? We'd rather have ugly truths than to have pretty lies, yeah. And sometimes, you know, maybe I'm sniff stevia. But you would rather me tell you I'm, I'm a stevia sniffer, right? Than right. to lie to you and say, I'm perfect, baby. I don't sniff stevia. Right. And and I would rather know the truth as to why you're doing that than, than make this whole story in my mind and then that's not even true. Whether it's a good story or a bad story doesn't really matter. It's just not true. Because I could say, oh, he's probably doing that because he heard in a podcast that it's good for his health, right? And run with that story and that not be the truth. Or I could say, oh, he's doing this because he's actually mixing it with something else. (laughs) He's just going, getting high every day or whatever. And that would be a quote unquote bad story. But that may also not be true. But what you're saying there again isn't you're not saying good or bad here. You're saying it's adaptive or maladaptive because right. it's not the truth, and without the truth, you can't guide appropriately. Yeah, you can't you can't steer the rocket ship where it's more adaptive <laughs> for it to go. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But what if it is? It might be stevia might be adaptive. But no, that's important because, and what we're talking about here again. So those ugly truths are better than pretty lies. And that's what that means. It, it might mean saying, hey, I've been sniffing stevia for the past six weeks, baby. I, I thought I heard it on a Uberman Lab podcast. Turns out it was a counterfeit Uberman Lab podcast. And, and, and I got caught up in some artificial intelligence Ponzi scheme. And I've been sniffing this artificial sugar for six weeks, you know. But if we're going to have a great rocket ship and a lasting relationship, I need to be able to tell you that. Right. You don't want me to be like, when you're like, wow, those muscles are nice. And I'm like, and I won't tell you, I'll say it's just push-ups, but really it's the stevia I was sniffing. <laughs> right. And, and, and I will have to be able to listen to it as is. So not take it personally. Just create an, a space where you can just share hard things or difficult things to share. That you feel safe doing that, that I'm not just going to take it personally that I'm not gonna like 
freak out. Now, of course, everyone has triggers and there are ways to say truths that can take that into account. And that's a constant work. What you're saying there, it's important to be able to hear it and not get offended. Mm -hmm. And that's valid. And what I'm also hearing is like, and you do a great job of that. You make me feel safe. And that's back to that secure attachment. I feel that you make that safe space. But if I was saying harsh things like a dick, then that's not cool. Like, even if I have to say, we have to talk about something difficult. We don't have to say it so meanly. You know, like if if I started sniffing the stevia because your feet smelled, you know, say you had stinky feet and that's what I was really doing. If I really had to tell you that, it's I can say, hey, your feet have a particular odor that was bothering me and I let the stevia get to me and I started sniffing. That's, that's a decent way to say an ugly truth. But if I started saying, oh, you stinky ass fucking whore feet fucked me up. And your stinky ass whore feet is why I sniff this stevia. That's not a very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when it's <laughs> okay, this is funny, but I think when 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 the when the conversation is your blah 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 is the reason why I'm blah blah blah. Mm. That 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 requires some attention there. That requires some attention because. You don't have to do anything, right? You don't have to do anything to sort of solve a problem or solve something that bothers you about me besides talking to me. So when it's things like, and I think that's typical, that's a typical like triggering thing because it's like, it's your something that made me do this. Like, wait a second. And then the other one is the always you always do that you never do this gentlemen this is why you need some some therapy okay (laughs) or get you or get you some psychology study it up because what you're saying is there the little words we communicate with impede communication and some help communication right just the way you say it just same intention different delivery yeah even to yourself right when you start saying things like oh i always do this Right. And, and then that's that's one of the thoughts slash words, habits that you create in your self-talk that then show up in relationships because, because that's very triggering. It would be if someone else tells you that. It is when you tell it to someone else. So why are you telling it to yourself? What you're talking on there, and we can make a whole podcast on <laughs> yeah. that, is there's a self-talk aspect to this mm-hmm. that goes the same. A lot of these things we're talking about of how to have a great relationship, those things could easily just be applied to the individual of how to have a great life. Right. Um, relationship be- with yourself. Exactly. Which yeah. is, which is, yeah. And because when I'm saying things like you're even saying now, if I'm even talking to myself, say it's my own stinky, hoary feet, right? If I say your feet stink like a hook, Floyd, if Why I not say a horse, cause I was, I don't know. I'm, okay. I'm a little dark. Okay. Anyways, but but thank you for accepting me for who I am. <laughs> I don't know my darkness, but but that the but no. So to say that about myself, even like oh your stinky crappy hooker feet, horse feet, that's mean to myself. Whereas instead, if I start communicating in a way like there is a pungent odor coming from my <laughs> lower regions, and uh, I start getting a little curious about say hey what's going on here? Why is there fungi growing out of my feet? Oh, and then I start realizing you should wash your feet. You know, wash yourself. Wash. 
<laughs> Wash yourself. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. And but again, that self-talk to your point, with what you said, that self-talk to myself and to you, that goes into this, and I think that's important. So when we talk about the us have preferring the ugly truth over the beautiful lies. That's a we both like that individually, mm-hmm. and that comes together, and how, and we're able to apply that in a relationship way, right? To make it last, and that practice that you have with yourself, and with just examining your self talk and how you talk to yourself, if you have that practice already, it becomes so much easier when someone else uses those triggering words or sort of loaded statements, because you are able to better recognize them. You are able to better just realize that, okay, we're in the emotional realm right now and maybe we can take a break here and take a deep breath and, and hopefully the other person is able to understand what emotional realm means or something and they are able, because <laughs> not, not everyone has that awareness, right? But you're making me think, they, they absolutely don't, but do you ever notice fucking fights we, if we don't fight much but if we argue about shit it takes for fucking ever because we're always again okay this made me feel this way and we have a yeah, hundred terms have to go that way what well, does because used to be when i tell you what when i had my baby mama when we had a fight no shit escalated quickly boy it was like she's like you never do anything i'm like well you are stinky i don't know (laughs) i didn't say that but maybe and you know and all of a sudden it would escalate she'd be yelling she'd throw a dish at my head i'd duck she'd leave crying it was short it was to the point you know fights the not good stuff maybe is to the point whereas well i mean it's it's okay to have the the not to the point fights right it's okay if both people get into the emotional get into the emotional realm and just stay there back and forth as long as then after the fact, there's an understanding that that was like an emotional ego triggered thing. And, and we can calm our, ourselves down individually and collectively, right? We admit we made a mistake by acting emotionally. We apologize for it and we work to work. Right. You know. But to be fair, I'm not the kind of person that it's, it's I you most likely will shut down than yell at you. True. Yeah, that's so why I like you. One of the that's reasons. That's not... But that that's a temperament thing, I think, and it will depend from person to person. I don't think shouting is bad. It's just something that I don't do. Yeah. I mean, you're hit. We could put this on a whole other. Yeah, this could be a whole. But, but what you're saying there, I think, is important. It's kind of funny, is you know, yeah, we have all those terms, right? We know. Again, we talk about the rocket ship, and we know how to communicate and not mm-hmm. say you're making me feel. But no, I think what you're saying there. That ability to communicate is important, and because when you, we have the feelings, we're we're human, mm-hmm. and logic. What it does is it helps us just slow them down and process them, so we can comprehend them. Whereas when we lose our mind, whether we're yelling or just giving into emotion, we're not able to even process what's going on. Yeah, it just boom, it just goes, it just goes. and then we don't know what just happened. Yeah, and we end up in. And I've done that. Whereas now it's like okay. Like, we still have the feelings. Again, we still have all the fun, the emotions, the unlogical stuff. Right. That's important. But that ability to just slow down. Okay, emotions are high. Let's get logical. Let's get through this storm we're in. Right. Let's not crash the ship. Right. Whereas some days it's cloudy. Everything's open. You know, I could let a five-year-old drive the boat in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Whereas some days it's like, hold the, you know, calm down, Billy. 
<laughs> it's rough waters ahead. Yeah, and I must say that to me personally, meditation helped a lot. Just being able to sort of like detach myself from all of those emotions, feelings that come and then go like waves. Yeah, knowing what to cling on to. So meditations helped you do that helps you navigate that and that also then you bring that self that you work on and this is too i guess we kind of didn't touch this but when we're talking about there's a when we're talking about this it's that idea that you know you work on you for me and i work on me for you because if i don't like and we have those rituals we meditate together but that's important that you know we're not talking to each other then we're not meditating about each other on each other necessarily mm-hmm. it's that we are practicing that ability to not just assign ourselves with every thought that pops in our react. head exactly we just react and, oh i'm hungry oh i'm this so oh, it's not healthy and because sometimes like you know yeah if i let myself like oh my god she left a, a flip-flop out you know if i let that get me mad that's my fault. Or if she didn't cross the street fast enough. You know, if I like, say all of a sudden I cross ahead of you and we let these things get to us, that's a problem. But it's natural that they pop in, right. just like meditation teaches us. It's natural to be visited, frustration, anger, anxiety. Mm-hmm. But using meditation and then logic, we're able to slow down in that gap mm-hmm. and then process things to navigate the waters. Because, and what this does is, right, is on the big picture, mm-hmm. it helps us, you know, see these icebergs yeah. and then navigate around them in a healthy way, which a lot of couples, these big topics we avoid, then we crash into them like the Titanic. Right. Yeah. I like that. All right. So those are the five logical things we do to have a great relationship. Mm-hmm. Man, I had a great relationship with you guys listening and I had a great relationship with you podcasting, baby. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. Ooh, it's exciting. Tell them where to go. What website should they go to? Ooh, if you want to know more, mm-hmm. you can go to logical.love. That's not .com. It's logical.love. <laughs> and you can check out what's in there. We put new stuff there. There's You type the newsletter. Blogs. There's a newsletter to subscribe. We have shot glasses. We don't, but we may have them. Can we get shot glasses? I think so. Okay, well, review the podcast. If we get a a million reviews, we're going to sell shot glasses. That sounds sounds good. That sounds like a good plan. Reasonable plan. Reasonable plan. Okay, again, thank you guys very much for listening. If, again, you like the podcast, share it. Share it around. Pass it around. You know? It's not afraid to go into other people's ears. Share if you care. (laughs) Share if you care. Oh, baby, I love you. I love you too, guys. Again, it was good seeing you, and we will see you next week in your ear.